Okay, what if I told you you couldn't fail? Like even second place wasn't failing. And I'm not talking about getting a trophy for participation. (laughs) I'm just saying, what if I told you you couldn't fail? Kind of like the meme that we've all seen of, you know, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? I mean, personally, it depends on what mood I'm in, whether I read that and I'm like, F off, (laughs) or it hits me with this big sigh of relief. I decided to dive into this whole right, wrong, pass, fail, all or nothing mentality that my perfectionistic self gets caught in very frequently. And in today's episode, I'll fill you in on the recent experience that opened my eyes to how I really can't and don't fail, despite my mind chatter about it. And I share two things that are currently helping me on this quest to allow freedom to fail, which really just means freedom to be human. So stick around and let's bust up some failure BS and maybe start giving ourselves a break. Wouldn't that be different for my perfectionists out there? All right, see you in a minute. Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. I hope you are well. I am trying to land in my body after being gone for an awesome seven days or so in Alaska. It was it was actually phenomenal. I went on a little adventure with a group of women and got out of my comfort zone and got in nature, which always helps. And yeah, it was amazing. And getting back home has been a little a little jarring um, with the traffic and the heat and whatnot. But you know, you got to have the yin and the yang, I guess, right? But you know, as I was kayaking in a cove in Alaska, (laughs) I realized something. And so I came back and I wrote a little bit about it. And that's what the episode is today. It's about failure. And uh, what I noticed was I was in a double kayak with um, another woman, and I don't have a lot of kayak experience, but some. So I opted to get in a double kayak because I just wasn't sure what the Alaskan water was going to be like if we were going to, you know, have a humpback whale or something like underneath us and I <laughs> needed a partner in crime or somebody to uh, to help me get through that. So anyway, I was in this kayak with, with her and I was aware of two things. One, how much I wanted to just take in the experience and two, what my mind was saying about doing the kayaking right because... I was sharing the boat with someone, so I wanted to make sure I was doing the left paddle when we were supposed to and the right paddle when we were supposed to. You know, I so I had this amazing experience going on where I was in new territory, just soaking it up and in awe of everything. And then this kind of 
overlay of perfectionism. And I thought, you know, my perfectionistic part, it just, it won't go on vacation, right? And so I got a little irritated with myself, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to give myself the freedom to mess up because I know that I'm not going to tip our boat or anything like that, but I'm just going to give myself the freedom to be off in the timing of the left or going in or the right, sorry, paddle going in, you know, I'm, I'm going to give myself freedom to fail. And I thought, okay, that's what I want to explore. That's what I want more of my life experience to be about because we have this mantra that is frankly crazy, which is failure is not an option. And I'm like, but it is, it's kind of like the only thing we can count on. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that like, we don't set out to fail, right? Like 100% of us do not <laughs> set out to fail. It's like just the opposite. We want to make the vacation go well or the project, you know, come to completion on time or a new recipe to turn out or whatever. So like no one sets out to fail, but I want the option of changing my relationship to the word failure and the experience of failure. So I started doing some journaling and I realized that this perfectionistic part of us, we, we want things to go according to plan, right? And when things don't go according to plan, we have a tendency to put this word of failure onto it, right? And we spend a lot of time trying to control, trying to plan things out and control our time and our calendar and, and all those kinds of things. But we, there, there are too many causes and conditions, as the Buddhists say. We cannot control everything, especially other people, right? And that's a lot of what pleasers and perfectionists do is we just try to control our image, try to control relationships we have with people. But in the end if we have this like thing hanging over our head that we don't want to fail and failure isn't an option, then we just live with a lot of pressure and a lot of tightness and tension and constriction in our minds and in our bodies. And it's like the pain that we put ourselves through just trying to ensure that we don't have an outcome that's different than what we want to happen. Ugh. It kind of makes us sound like a toddler or something, right? Like, I want what I want when I want it. Um, And and because I want it so badly, because I'm working so hard at it, I should succeed. I should never get second or third place. (laughs) You know, I'm going to book that best hotel, you know, for the vacation. And we're all going to get along and we're none of us is going to get sunburned or whatever, right? Like, even though sunburn isn't really considered a failure. It's just when things go wrong, we have a tendency to, like if we make a mistake or we're five minutes late or something, we have a tendency to really internalize that, especially if you're a perfectionist and say that you're not doing the right thing. You're not doing a good job. And I want to help us just relax that grip a little bit. Because I think deep down we know that we can't control everything. I think deep down we know we can't control other people. It just, you know, we need to let our brains know that they don't need to go through this high intensity workout to try to figure out how to manhandle our life so that 
we somehow don't feel a negative or, you know, bad emotion. So that's got me thinking. I was like, you know what? Like, why is this big bad beast of failure so scary for us? And I think it has to do with our inner critic. And I'm going to come back to the inner critic in a second. But just know that the inner critic has a little, you know, has a has its two cents in this whole thing um, about failure. But I think it's also expectations, right? The expectations I have and you have as a pleaser and a perfectionist to not cause a ripple, not ruffle feathers, don't rock the boat. You know, all these sayings like exist for a reason. I think, and this is why (laughs) failure is a big bad beast, is because those expectations are insane expectations. And the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting a different result. But I'm going to focus on this definition of insanity, which is like something that is way way out there, like way out there illogical, right? It makes no sense. And the expectations that we have, they make no sense because it's impossible to defy the logic of reality that things will go according to plan. Like for us to actually stick our head in the sand around this and say, I am going to make this thing work and I am going to look good doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we just can't control everything. So I wanted to, to kind of think through this word and I wanted to get to the reason behind why we so earnest, earnestly try to control things and why we so earnestly try to erase failure from our experiences. And that reason that I've come up with, this will not shock you, is because of fear. So we have a little bit of denial going on if we believe that we can control the feeling of fear by doing everything right or on time or being positive all the time or whatever we think, right? Like if we believe that we can control our feelings by doing a bunch of stuff perfectly so that we don't experience this thing called failure, I think that's kind of, mm, mm, sorry to say, I think it's kind of insane, right? We cannot avoid feeling feelings we don't want to have. (laughs) So it doesn't matter how much we plan the shit out of our calendars, right? If we plan a picnic and it's raining one day, it doesn't matter how much we've planned that picnic or how expensive those, you know, sausages and cheeses we got to have on our picnic are. Like, we're we're just going to have to eat those inside, right? It's not going to be the perfect setting. So when we try to be perfect, we try to be pleasing, and we try to control our outside world, it causes a tremendous amount of tension. And when we try to control all of that because we have this idea that if we feel something uncomfortable, like the sting of a mistake or the not so great feedback from our boss or something if the project doesn't get completed on time. If we feel 
like we can't deal with disappointment or discomfort or someone's irritation or impatience or anger at us, if we don't feel like we can handle our feelings, we will do all of this stuff to try to be perfect and escape the feeling of discomfort that comes with this word failure. Not feeling discomfort is a great motivator, right? Like none of us is like starting our day off going, yeah, I'm ready to feel, you know, crappy about myself. No. So, you know, we do stuff every day, right? To try to um, decrease our chances of feeling negative feelings. So I I want you to see that this is actually your current relationship to failure, is that you don't like it, you fear it, and you try to erase it. And I want to bring that from the unconscious to the conscious. So let's let's put some light on our relationship with failure and just take a minute and just recognize without any judgment how much work you put into escaping discomfort. Just pause, you know, hear the, you know, jeopardy do 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 while you're thinking about this. It's all right that we do this. It's human nature. I just want you to bring it into the light. And then I want you to start to explore why we're so scared of being scared, right? Why we're so afraid of feeling not enough or inadequate or behind or, yeah, wrong, for goodness sake. And so I'm going to throw this in just as a reference point. I think this is one of the reasons why we don't want to feel discomfort as a human being, other than the fact that we have pain receptors and, you know, our body actually sends off signals that say like, like, ouch, (laughs) right? Other than that, this is because I work with pleasers and perfectionists. We usually had experiences as pleasers and perfectionists as little kids before we became pleasers and perfectionists. We usually had experiences where as a kid, something happened and we felt overwhelmed with emotion. We felt scared. We didn't have words to describe it. And we really needed our caregivers to take care of us and to walk us through it and to put words to what we were feeling and to teach us about our emotions. And a lot of us didn't get that, right? So we have this whole thing about feeling certain types of emotions like, well, like we don't want to feel them again, right? Because when we were kids and they were overwhelming feelings to us because we didn't have words and we didn't have comfort, we felt two things, the pain of that fear and overwhelm, and then we felt alone in it. And so our bodies will do this thing where they will say, like, you know, categorize or, you know, put in your memory bank, never feel this again, right? Like one of those for me is shame. I'm guessing that is one of those for you too. Like I never want to feel shame again. So I do a bunch of stuff to try to not be shamed. Makes sense, right? So I'm just putting it out there that as a reference point, we've had experiences before we had emotional intelligence and that made emotions have um, really distinct like pleasant and unpleasant categories. And so for those unpleasant emotions, we decided 
let's try to do everything we can to not go into that territory. And also the critic that I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to harp on parents that much, but here's, here's just another like piece of the puzzle is that a lot of us pleasers and perfectionists had critical parents. So when we were going through these overwhelming or just intense emotional experiences, we might've been, they might've not given us so nice direction or correction, or they might've not made the sweetest, most caring, compassionate comments to us. Right. So that makes us start to hear that or start to put together that when we feel shy or scared, like I'm thinking about myself as a kid, my parents did not do this, but let's say when I was shy and scared as a kid to go to school, let's say my parents were like, it's not a big deal. You'll have fun. Like they dismissed it. Right. Instead, I have to tell, tell y'all that my mom was super sweet and she would walk me into school every day. And she was a kindergarten teacher when I was a kin- in kindergarten and she wasn't like coming and checking on me all the time, but she was very nurturing to me about being scared because I was shy. But let's say <laughs> that some other experiences stuck out to you as when you felt like you really needed comfort and nurturing and safety, and instead you got some criticism. So the thing about shame that I was talking about earlier, I think also failure has a flavor of shame to it. And that's what makes us want to avoid it, you know, at all costs, because shame is its own form of discomfort, because shame is very personal. It's kind of like embarrassment, humiliation on steroids, right? And like, we can actually feel shame, like, like, it feels kind of like a sick feeling in my stomach and kind of like this weird, achy thing in my, my chest. So however shame shows up for you, I think we can actually experience it in our body. And so it's even more so registered as, wow, that's uncomfortable, right? It's not just mentally or emotionally uncomfortable. It's actually physically uncomfortable. So shame is like, shame as it relates to failure is like being seen behind all of the forward-facing impression-making efforts that we're putting out into the world. Like if someone comes in while you're changing your clothes and they are like, oh my God, like that's what you look like under that fancy dress you were wearing? Like you have a scar on your knee. Like what happened? And you're like, dude, I had knee surgery. Like what's the big deal, right? But all of a sudden you're being seen and you're being seen critically. And that is shameful. It can make us feel like, oh my God, something's actually wrong with me and my person. And so what you might do is try to control the view of your body. And maybe you start wearing these like freaking amazing, awesome designer clothes or something. I don't know. And you start to trick yourself into believing that like I can avoid shame. I can conquer discomfort because I can put out this forward facing image of this person that's all put together and has this amazing eye for style. Right. And all people do is say, Oh my God, that dress looks so good on you or whatever. 
And so I'm trying to cover up this shaming experience I had where somebody was like, what is that scar on your knee? But because I'm trying so hard to shape another person's view of me, I end up getting into this vicious circle because let's say I then think that I can never leave my house in a jean, jeans and t-shirts, right? Like I have to be made up all the time and then it's just pressure. So we avoid feeling discomfort. That is a huge piece of failure. If you've lost the trail of my meandering mind with all of this, it is that all the hustling we are doing to try to prove that we're doing things right, all the hustling that we're doing and being pleasing and perfect perfect with people to try to ensure as much as possible only positive feedback so that we can avoid any discomfort or unpleasant experiences that come with making a mistake or being seen through a critical eye or being shamed. All of that hustling, I felt just maybe 30% of it while I was in that kayak in Alaska. And I was like, this does not belong here, right? Like all of that hustling to not fail and all of that work and effort and energy and time that we spend into trying to do things right, it has to change. Because in that moment that I was in that kayak in Alaska, I thought to myself, there's no room for failure here. If I mess up and I put the left side of my paddle in when I'm supposed to be putting the right, that and I make a quote unquote mistake, it's fine. It's okay. I'm with people that are forgiving. I'm with people that will laugh it off with me. I'm in an extremely beautiful setting. And I just put those things right next to each other, like fear of failure, fear of doing it wrong, being perfect while being in nature in a kayak in a cove in Alaska with people that I can laugh with and who accept me and allow me to be me. And I'm like, failure has no room here. Even perfectionism has no room here. So I want us to think about two things when it comes to sort of remedying failure. One is mindfulness of emotions. And that is, um, I'm going to drop something in the show notes. It's about RAIN, R-A-I-N. It's a mindfulness meditation technique that Tara Brock has been talking about for for ages and it really helps you work through stay with um, be present to and move through feelings okay so it's rain r-a-i-n r is for recognize a is for allow i is for investigate and n is for nurture and just go to the free thing in the show notes and you'll hear and learn all about it but i want us to bring in mindfulness of emotions because I don't want us to feel so afraid of discomfort and unpleasantness that come with making a mistake or being late or saying the wrong thing. I want us to kind of relax that. Another thing is I really want you to challenge yourself to break up your calcified ideas about failure. I want you to give yourself for me freedom to fail. And so the way that I like to think about that and begin that process of breaking up this hardened 
idea of failure is I want you to start to think about yourself as a scientist and I want you to to approach things with the perspective of experimentation and exploration. And through all of that, there is curiosity and creativity, okay? So just know that making a mistake, taking a wrong turn, trying something and it not working the first time, those are all going to happen, right? I mean, those really, really do happen. Those are reality. Um, I mean, probably every single time, just some of those happen. And so we need to help ourselves with this all or nothing assessment type right or wrong thinking that we have and really allow that we are experimenting and we're going to do things many times and we're going to tweak the formula until it works. And if we take a critical eye to anything, it's going to be for good, right? You know, there's, there's not a lot of prodigies in the world. Most of us are going to try things and do, you know, be in new territory and do new things at some point in our lives. And we're probably not going to be like fantastic at them the first time. Let's just allow ourselves to not have shame about that. Um, when I was learning to be, I was learning the drums and that was, this was like five or seven years ago. And I was going to learn ACDC's Back in Black. And my drum teacher told me about this app that slows everything down like super, super, super slow so that you can actually hear the kick drum and the hi-hat and the snare and things like that. And I was like grateful for it, but also sort of humiliated that it had to be like so super slow for me to even identify the different instruments I was sitting in front of. But you know what? Fuck it. I, I, I learned how to play back in black. And that felt so amazing. It just took time. And I hit the wrong thing on the kick drum like a million times. Like, so what's, what's, what's wrong with that? Is that failing? No, no. So that's what I want you to do with like cracking open this hard shell around failing and and the all or nothing, you know, right or wrong crap that goes with it. I just want you to play around with the fact that it's just new stuff or it's just unknown territory or it's just a multi-month project um, and it's not going to happen fast, you know? So here's some alternative words I've been using for failure. And I'm going to wrap this up. Because <laughs> you're probably like, okay, let me go so I can check out that rain thing in the show notes and start working through this. Okay, here are my alternative words for failure. I'm working on it. I'm working it out. I'm working through it. I'm futzing around with it, which always bring, brings like a playful energy. I'm refining it. So I've done it a couple times and then I'm refining it. That's what I do with these episodes. I make a shitty first rough draft and then I refine it. No big deal, right? I'm experimenting with it. And also I'm bringing in curiosity and creativity to my approach to this thing. Okay, the last thing I'm going to throw at you is... I think this is a truth. This is like an emerging truth for me. So see what you think of it because you might want to debate me right away. Just listen all the way through. I don't think we actually ever fail. Like I think instead of failure is not an option, I think it's sort of like, well, I can't come up with a really, you know, 
quippy way to say that, but I don't actually think we fail. I think we experience shit and we get feedback about it. We experience shit and we learn from it. We experience shit and we take notes. We experience shit and we feel stuff about that experience. Like, like, Thoughts and feelings that we have about the thing that we're going through, those thoughts and feelings are what make up this idea of failure. So that's why I think mindfulness of emotions is helpful because it takes out one of those pieces of thoughts plus feelings equals our, you know, helps us build our experience. And it says, wait a second, discomfort is not this horrible thing that I have to avoid. It just happens. So Know that your thoughts and feelings about how things don't go according to plan are something that you can work through and something that you can work with. And that in the past, unconsciously, they have created this story, which the inner critic has helped along, that they have, the thoughts and feelings have created the story about you and your expectations and whether something is right or wrong, whether you did it right the first time, whether you're awesome or whether you're a novice, you know, all that stuff, right? I'm also going to throw in something about your inner critic in the show notes, and I'll just let you check that out on your own. But I, I want you to know that you have the freedom to fail because you will. I mean, you have the freedom to make a wrong turn, make a wrong choice, pick up the salt instead of the sugar and the recipe that you're trying. You have the freedom to be messy, You have the freedom to make a comment that you didn't edit in your mind four times before saying it. You have the freedom to be cranky, to be kind of a jerk if you're hungry. You don't always have to be understanding and positive and available. You have the freedom to fool around when you're in new territory and just figure stuff out. Like, just try it and see. You have the freedom to change your relationship to failure. All right. I think I'm done. I think I'm going to sit here for a minute with my eyes closed and I'm going to go back to that cove in Alaska and just gliding on that water and recognizing that there is absolutely no room for perfectionism here. There is no room for right or wrong. And there's certainly the fuck is no room for failure. All right. Love you all. Take it easy. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about me and how I work, please go to www.powertothepleasers.com. And if you want to get even more special attention, get on the mailing list. It's not fluff. It's not going to waste your time. It's always intentional and educational. So I'll see you there. Later.